This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. Guess what, everybody? We have a live show coming up on May 13th at 6 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, we're doing it in a in a giant uh, closed and closed airtight stadium, and you're and all invited. And we're going to cough on you. It's guess what? It's online. Surprise. Like everything, it's going to be online. But it's free and you're welcome to come. Uh, You can register through the link in the show notes uh, or find information on the Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. Or I'm going to make a little uh, quick link that'll take you right to where you can register. It'll be bit.ly slash spilled milk live 21. And for the the show topic, we are going to be doing a lightning round, which means Matthew and I will not know ahead of time what the topics are. There'll be multiple topics. Abby's going to pull them out of a hat or something like a hat. And we are going to have just a few minutes to do a show about that topic. And so we need your help. Please submit topic ideas for our lightning round. Send them to topics at spilledmilkpodcast.com. And join us on May 13th at 6 p.m. Pacific. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about cheese and crackers, which is one of the best things to not cook. Exactly. It's, uh, it's the show where we not cook something, not, <laughs> you not, you not have any. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and uh, yeah, cheese and crackers. That's the, that's the topic of the episode. Yes. This, w- this episode was suggested by host me. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were like, what should we talk about it? And Molly was like, cheese and crackers? Yeah. Like, I know I've said it before, but I'm so tired of cooking. And cheese and crackers is always there for me. Yes. So, in fact, I said I would research this episode, which was a pretty smart move because there's very (laughs) little research that needs to be done about cheese and crackers. Uh, Sure. I mean, we've already done cheese episodes. We did a cheese plate episode, like, within the last couple years, I think. Mm -hmm. We've done cracker episodes. So this is going to be like a clip show. Great. (laughs) Um, Okay. But uh, I, I asked uh, I asked wife of the show Lori if uh, if she had anything uh, to contribute about cheese and crackers that she thought uh, we should be sure to talk about, and she said, "quote Cheese and crackers is the perfect food. There is no occasion for which cheese and crackers are inappropriate." And then she added, "What do you say about something that is perfect? It's like trying to talk about air." 
I love Watsall, as always. So, Hello, Watsall. Next week, uh, we're going to be doing an episode about air. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, my favorite um, thing to breathe. Yeah, it's. Uh, I would say air is my favorite beverage. Oh, is it a beverage? It, it, can something you inhale be a beverage? I'm going to say mm. no. But I mean, I have inhaled water, but it didn't feel very no. good. No. Oh, that is absolutely the worst. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's the thing. Like, even more so than, like, you know, s- stubbing my toe. Like, that's the worst. And, I, like, I broke my toe a couple years ago, stubbing my toe, and uh, and felt really stupid and in pain. But when I, like, inhale water up my nose and it's so painful, that's the thing where I feel like, like, couldn't I just rewind, like, one minute and not do that? Well, like, it also it also reminds you, like, so do you ever neti pot or use, like, you know, the Neil I, Med I have, sinus but it rinse? was too scary, so I stopped. <laughs> so, well, it reminds you why they have you add, like, why you have to add salt to the water before you do that because uh, like like regular old water was not meant to go up up your nose noses or wind pipes well i mean your neti pot shouldn't go in your windpipe anyway no, but this is definitely our hot take of the week because this is a really controversial subject. Some people, some people will argue that that water was meant to go up your nose and down your windpipe, but we're we're here to say no, not nope. on our show. It's not. No, nope. no. Nope. Okay. Well, now that we've gotten that out of the way, Matthew, let's go down memory lane. I'm going to go first. Okay. Okay. So I was not much of a cheese and crackers person as a child. I feel like, you know, what what is more of like a kid snack than cheese and crackers, right? I mean, it, it is a snack for the ages. I mean, all ages is, of people yeah. and all times chronologically. But um, I think that like my strongest memory of cheese and crackers as a thing is actually um, so when I was in high school, Oh, my God. I don't even know where to begin with this story. It's not even that interesting. I just want to put so many things in this story. Poetry? Is there going to be poetry? You've heard me talk about Ed Fretwell, right? Yes. One of my dad's good friends, family friend, Ed Fretwell. Okay. Yes. Ed Fretwell, he had a childhood friend named Bob Larson. Okay. That is is such like a Midwestern white guy name. Right? Bob Larson. Anyway, he and Bob had grown up together. They remained friends, lifelong friends. And they always went fishing together, among other things. Anyway, so I grew up knowing of Bob Larson because my dad would sometimes go fishing with Ed and Bob. Yeah, of course he would. You got to go fishing with Ed and Bob. Yes. Anyway, um, so it turned out that when I was in high school, Bob Larson's, I think his youngest child, Beth, was hired to teach science in my high school. Oh, okay. And she's a geologist by training. And she was, I would say, the first really, like, I, I remember I was 15, and I remember doing the math because she was 27. And I was like, this is crazy that someone who seems so young could be, like, teaching me Oh, that's funny, because I think when I was 15, I still would have considered 27, like, impossibly old. Well, Beth did seem, like, impossibly old in, like, a cool way. Yeah. But also, like, I I somehow, I think because we had this shared family history, like, we knew that our dads were fishing buddies, we, um, I I think I felt a certain, like, kinship or, like, friendship with her that I would never have dared to have with another one of my high school teachers, right? Yeah, I understand. Beth was like, oh God, she was so cool. I feel like Beth really shaped my idea of what like a, a, an adult woman could be. Like, Did she, she have like some accessory or article of clothing that really crystallized in what oh, way she was cool? 
Uh, so okay, so well, so number one, Beth drove one of those small pickup trucks. Yeah, like like uh, whatever it is, the Toyota or not, not a Datsun, but like the the little Toyota that's like the little Toyota. <laughs> The little Toyota. Anyway, Beth drove one of those. I think it was red. And she lived in Norman, which was like 30 or 40 minutes away from where this school was. And she would commute every day. She had black hair and she already had a lot of gray in it. So like the fact that she had allowed her hair to sort of become gray and she had this kind of like wild curly hair. She drove a pickup truck and she wore a lot of linen clothing. Okay, okay, great. I got okay. it. I got so the image to, now. So, like, she was, like, a naturally beautiful, but not, like, hippie kind of person. She was just so cool. Okay. Once my parents hired her to stay with me while they were out of town, like, I didn't need a babysitter, but, like, I didn't want to stay alone in our house. So my parents hired Beth to basically just come, like be there. I remember we drove in her pickup truck to Norman and she lived in this house and her bedroom was um, what used to be like a a screened in porch, but it had been glassed in. And there was a tree frog that lived in her bedroom. In a like in an aquarium. Well, like there was some ivy like in her room and like a bunch of plants. It was the first time I'd ever seen somebody with that many plants in their house. Wow. She had like a lot of plants and there was a tree frog in her bedroom. She just like she was the first person I ever met who like cared about like pottery, but not in like a precious way, like in a this mug feels really good to drink my coffee out of kind of way. Yeah. Was she the first person you met who had a frog in her bedroom? <laughs> Big time. Because like when you're done with this story, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a story about uh, the the first three people I met who had bedroom frocks. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, getting back to cheese and crackers, I remember <laughs> Beth. <laughs> Is that I, where we were going with this? I forgot. Well, I just remember Beth being like, so Beth really loved good food. Bob Larson loved good food, and Fretwell loved good food, and so Beth like knew good food. Okay, but I do I I remember her like mentioning occasionally like just being like super white when she got home from the drive back to Norman, back to her house infested with tree frogs. Invested infested wonderfully with tree frogs. <laughs> and, invested in tree and frogs. And eating Triscuits and cheddar for dinner yeah, with like course. a beer. Beth was like, God, she's so cool. Oh God, I I, uh, I feel like, yeah, um, she was an, a really incredible model of like, a, a, an incredible counter to the other models of femininity that I was surrounded by growing up in Oklahoma City. Sure, I understand. Yeah, so I I have always associated cheese and crackers with this sort of like, I know from good food and cheese and crackers can be good food and like I can live a good life and sometimes have cheese and crackers for dinner. Yeah, absolutely. Does that make sense? Do you know what I I mean? I haven't had cheese and crackers for dinner in a long time, but I, I will do it for lunch. Yeah, no, I do it for lunch, definitely. I don't think I've ever done it for dinner, but I think that if I were single or if I were like living alone or uh, I were just my spouse were gone for a while, I think I would very quickly turn to cheese and crackers for dinner. (laughs) You'd very quickly just turn to cheese and crackers. (laughs) Exactly. And then I would just start crumbling all over the floor and... If it were summertime, I'd probably melt a little bit. Yeah, and, and get kind of translucent. Mm-hmm. That's that's like not a good look. That's not cheese. when We've the cheese starts. Before, when right? the cheese starts to sweat, it's not good. Yeah, no, it's got to be either like fully melted or fully solid. Yes, like that in between state is a real uncanny cheese valley. I feel the same way about chicken, for instance. Yeah, fully <laughs> melted or fully solid. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, planning to to uh, cook a duck this this weekend, and I'm definitely going to like cook it to to like a fully molten, bubbling state. <laughs> okay. That's just that's just good cooking. Go on, like how Bob Larson would do it for sure. Uh, oh man, don't right. you wish? Wait, Matthew, don't you wish that we could go fishing with Ed and Bob? Yes, I wish we could go anywhere and do anything <laughs> with on. anybody. Let, you know, when this is all over, let's let's start fishing. Let's take up fishing. Like, let's go fishing with Molly and Matthew. Okay, I have gone <laughs> fishing probably five or six times in my life. I have never caught a fish or seen anyone else catch a fish. <laughs> I went fishing with my dad a few times as a kid. I was always terrified. Like, I remember stopping at the bait shop for, like, the styrofoam cup full of dirt and worms, and I would never touch it. No, I've got, I've been to, like, a stocked pond, and nobody <laughs> caught a fish, and we just, like, went when they got noodles. Oh, God. Okay, well, let's see what kind of... I mean, I guess our corporate retreats are like going fishing with Ed and Bob. Yeah, pr- pretty right? much the same, yeah. I mean, it's totally the same. Like, we... We I mean, we've stuff. never caught a fish on we've one of those retreats. We've never caught a fish. So. Sometimes, sometimes we catch some good ideas. Sometimes we That's catch. That's true. Um, what else do we catch? I don't know. <laughs> like <laughs> COVID. Um, yeah. No, I was going to say, right. thank goodness we didn't on our last corporate no, retreat. That's right. Right before uh, COVID. Okay, go on. Okay, so uh, my memory lane, like I remember, I it wasn't like a, a common lunch item for me. Like I, I, I would never bring like handy snacks or Lunchables in my lunch because like, it was, it was part of, like, my phobia of, of uh, room temperature food, I think. Um, but I do remember, and I've told this story on the oh show before, Oh, my God, your phobia sure. of room temperature food is definitely about, like, it either needs to be cold or molten. Yes, See? That's this right. all hooks up. It all hooks okay. up. Okay, go on. I do remember at, uh, at Jones Preschool, uh, which was the name of the preschool that I went to in Portland, the one where that kid pushed me down the hill one time, and I haven't gotten over it. One time, uh, we had cheese and crackers for snack. I thought that that, uh, it was very delicious, and I had my mom ask Joan of what kind of cheese it was, and the answer was mild cheddar. (laughs) And it was room temperature. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, it might have come right out of the fridge. I I, I mean, definitely that's how I would have preferred it at that age, so I think probably it was cold. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, Any other cheese and crackers memories? No, that's kind of it. Okay, well, where should we go next? (laughs) Uh, let's let's talk about the history of cheese and crackers, shall we? Oh, good. All right. So there is a Wikipedia page for cheese and crackers. As you might expect, it's mostly links to, to pages about cheese and pages about crackers, and the actual information is pretty sparse. I'm just going to read a few things that I learned from Wikipedia. Historically, the fare of sailors, soldiers, and pioneers, citation needed. <laughs> it had become a regular menu item in American restaurants and bars by the 1850s. Citation okay, here's, needed. Here's where here's where things really get specific. Okay. Okay. Quote: Cheese and crackers has been consumed by various sailors, such as immigrants, whalers, and explorers. <laughs> Wait, immigrants are a category of sailors. <laughs> That's right. I yes. didn't know. So, so all immigrants um, arrive by water. Yes. Well, that, those are the three okay. the three kinds of sailors, and also the three <laughs> kinds of people: immigrants, whalers, and explorers. Everyone, <laughs> you know, there's three kinds of people. <laughs> Which one are you? Uh, I guess whaler. I think I'm an explorer. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. So that was before refrigeration existed using hardtack crackers and cheese. It has also been consumed by various land explorers. <laughs> okay, wait, can you summarize all of this? So, okay, sum to it up. summarize. 
<laughs> cheese and crackers has been consumed by three kinds of sailors, immigrants, whalers, and explorers, <laughs> but has also been consumed by land explorers. Okay. All right. Great. That, well, that really sums it up. Yep. Thank you. Here's a specific example. Okay. In 1915, mountaineer Philip Rogers consumed cheese and hardtack along with raisins and nuts during his expedition around Mount Rainier in Washington State. Oh. That's our neck of the woods. Good story. Do you think there's probably, there may be, might be a plaque somewhere on Mount Rainier <laughs> saying like, here's where mountaineer Philip Rogers like put cheese on a cracker? Do you think that anyone else has ever consumed cheese and hardtack raisins and nuts during an expedition around Mount Rainier? I think it maybe depends how you define hardtack, but I'm well, going to say yes. Yeah, I think so. I think that um, probably like 90% of the people who trek Mount Rainier have consumed cheese, crackers, raisins, and nuts. But Philip Rogers was the first. No one ever oh, did it before 1915. <laughs> okay. He was a land explorer. He was a land explorer, like, like one of your classic land explorers. <laughs> okay. A totally unproblematic class of people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Before a certain point, like, I kept just running into references to hardtack because I think, like, in Western food traditions, uh, like, before, like, the mid-1800s, hardtack was the only cracker. This That's makes the impression sense. I got. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Was hardtack leavened? Uh... Um, I know, you know we talked who, about this at length on some other episode, but I don't remember. You know who would probably know this is friend of the show, Becky Selengut, who used to write a blog that had the Called word hard tack, tack at sea, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. I think so. So she's probably a hard day. Becky, if you're listening she's, to the show, get in touch. Yeah, she's listening to this and going, call me, guys. Yeah, did they leaven the hard tack? I mean, I it doesn't sound leavened, but maybe. No. Yeah. Sounds pretty hard. Finally, the final piece of history I learned is the term cheese and crackers was used as a minced oath in the United States in the 1920s from Jesus Christ and as a slang term for testicles in the United Kingdom circa the late 1990s. <laughs> wow. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm, I'm confused. Just a second. We'll, okay, we'll come yeah, back yeah. to the UK in the late 1990s. Are you confused by the term minced oath? I'm concerned. I'm confused by minced concerned. oath. I'm concerned. Okay, and I I'm also trying to understand where how this is related to the the phrase Jesus Christ. So it I had to kind of say it out loud a few times too, but they do sort of sound the same. Oh, I think so. Like Jesus Christ, cheese and crackers. So was it kind of like saying like shoot instead of shit? Like it was oh. kind of like saying shoot instead of shit. Yeah. Okay. Or like okay. or like. Uh, I was going to say Christ on a crutch, but I think that's more blasphemous. I don't know. I've never heard the term minced oath before. Have you? No. What is a minced oath? Is well, it a I swear word? I think it's like a like a euphemistic, a sound alike euphemism, sound like like shoot okay. instead of shit. Okay. Or or uh, tarnation. I'm going to try to bring this back. Let's try to bring okay. it back before the end of the episode. Let's find a way to say cheese and crackers. Okay, as a slang term for testicles in, in a, with using a British accent. Bonus points if we manage to use it in both contexts before okay. the show is up. I'm not sure what the bonus points get us or who they're awarded to or by. All right. I'm going to jump around a little bit because I want to know now, like you already mentioned that sometimes you eat cheese and crackers for lunch. Is that is that like your main cheese and cracker event? Do you eat them as a snack? So cheese and crackers mostly happen as a snack, but they sometimes also happen for lunch 
if I have the right combination of things present and things oh, absent. Okay. And I'll explain this. <laughs> Please explain because I have no idea what you mean. Okay. So my favorite cheese to eat with crackers right now is a cheese that I once bought because it was on sale at PCC. That's and I tasted reason. it and I really didn't like it. But then for some reason I tasted it again and it grew on me. Oh, and now that's such a great experience, isn't it? Because like I feel like when that happens, like whatever the thing is, whether it's a food or a song yes. or a movie, or, like it's with you forever. And now right? I buy it all the time. It's fairly inexpensive because I think it's like an industrially produced cheese. It's not like a fancy artisanal thing. It's double cream gouda. So okay. it, it looks like a wedge of gouda, but it's um it's firm. It's sliceable, but it feels like a uh, like a like a cheap mild cheddar in terms of like how it feels between your fingers. Oh, like it's, sure. It has more give to it than an aged gouda. Yeah, you know and you're I mean? always you're always rubbing cheese between your fingers constantly. You're doing I, it right now. <laughs> it's also the symbol for for the world's tiniest violin. Yes, yes, the, the world's tiniest violin or or most finely cheese. textured cheese. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Matthew, so I really love this double cream Gouda, and I really like it with a very, very bland, like straight up bland cracker like matzo. Do you like it so much it would make you double cream your jeans? Matthew, I hate people using... Cream. I know. The, I remember that you hated it, God, so that's why I said it. The only place I like cream as a verb is in baking, okay? Okay, yeah. I, I, all other uses are prohibited. Okay, um, fair. Okay, anyway. What but if I, I came re- up with a minced uh, oath? Nope, nope. I really, <laughs> I really like double cream gouda sliced. With matzah that I have, like, I take a sheet of matzah and break it into maybe like six or eight cracker. Oh, yeah. That sounds good. And I really, you know, it's funny because June recently saw me eating some matzah this way and was like, Can I have one of your crackers, mama? And I was like, It's pretty bland. Like, you can try it. And she really liked it. And I think this is a fascinating thing with these kinds of very plain crackers, whether it's like a a table water, like a car's table water or water table cracker. What is it? Table water? Water it's, table? It's a water table cracker. It's uh, it's made like below the surface of the earth. <laughs> water crackers, whatever. Yeah. Water crackers. I really like a bland but very crunchy cookie. I mean, <laughs> sure. Um, with cheese, because for me, if I'm eating cheese and crackers, it's really about the cheese. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. If I have a really flavorful cracker, even like I know what you're about to say here in a second as your favorite combo recently. And and a cracker like the one you're going to say, I just want to eat on its own. I agree. I will. This this is a great teaser, by the way, because people have no idea what cracker we're talking about, and oh my they are God, what aching could it be? to know. Uh, but yes, I will also eat that cracker as a snack. Although I don't think of it as a very flavorful cracker. Oh my god! Okay, Matthew, say what the cracker is. It's wheat thins. It's wheat thins. So the original wheat thin, I think, is is a pretty perfectly engineered food product. Love we it. We haven't talked about one lately, but it's it's the perfect blend of sweet and salty. I mean, it's quite sweet. It is. Yeah. It's quite sweet. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a fantastic cracker. Teenager of the show December recently was snacking on some wheat thins while video chatting with their friend in uh, in England, where apparently they don't have wheat thins, and uh, and the friend said that is the saddest looking cracker I've ever seen. And they are like a super plain looking cracker, but they're oh, so good. 
They're perfect. They're also the yeah. perfect size. We recently got, we actually have in the house right now um, because they were out of original Wheat Thins. Uh, we, we got the big Wheat Thins, which are which are fine, but not as good. Hmm. They're like 30% bigger. I love Wheat Thins. Like, I really love them. But if I have them, I want to eat them on their own. Ditto for Triscuits. And things like a, like a Ritz cracker or something. I, I tend to kind of want to eat it on its own or with peanut butter. I don't want a cracker like that with cheese. Yeah, Triscuits, I agree, like kind of overpower the cheese for mm-hmm. me. Or like I'll take a bite of Triscuit, chew it, swallow it, then take a bite of cheese. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, like like a perfect, my, my ultimate cheese and cracker combo, uh, which I've been enjoying lately, is uh, Trader Joe's unexpected cheddar like cut into a slice about the size of a wheat thin placed on a wheat thin and eaten oh god that is perfect (sighs) this makes me want to go to trader joe's i haven't been there in a while yeah in the history of you have there been other um explorers like like cheese and cracker combos that are notable (laughs) that's a good question have there been other cheese and cracker combos like yes yes there have um (laughs) Remember, I don't know if they make them anymore. The uh, Dutchie Originals brand, like uh, that was like Prince Charles's, yeah, oh, like, God. biscuit yep. company. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would get the Dutchie Originals oaten biscuits and eat those with some fancy ass cheddar, and that was very good. Well, again, like I think the uh, that a wheat thin is the closest thing that like a mainstream American grocery store has to like an oaten biscuit type of vibe, like that sweet and salty vibe. Yeah, I guess Nabis- the Nabisco company is the closest thing we have to a Dutchie. <laughs> You're right. Um, <laughs> I know that like in in uh, more precious grocery stores, there are brands of like oat biscuits like that. June loves those. And I do, too. Yeah. Um, But I don't want to eat them with crackers. I mean, I don't want to eat them with cheese. It's like they want to be eaten on their own. Oh, I disagree. No, I think those are perfect with cheese. But I mean, it does need to be like a pretty strong cheese. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't eat it with like a Jones preschool mild cheddar. You would eat it with like a nice sharp white cheddar or extra sharp. Okay. Yeah. I I think we currently have some some like Tillamook, like two year white cheddar. Yeah. Uh, I wish we had more of that Cabot, uh, the the cracker cuts. I know. Oh, my God. The cracker cuts. Yeah, those are wheat-thin sized. They are wheat-thin sized. They're perfect. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, Matthew, I'm so glad we did this episode. Do we have more to say? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. So when you serve yourself mm-hmm. some cheese and crackers, like, do you, like, plate it up in some way? Because I find that what I do, like, I don't think anyone would want to see happening because I will kind of cut the cheese up and then throw it into a Pyrex bowl with, with the crackers and it just kind of all gets jumbled up. This is what my spouse does. They One of their favorite snacks is um, some slices of Tillamook sharp cheddar tortilla mm-hmm. chips and salsa oh. and they put it all in a bowl and the cheese is kind of stacked on one side the tortilla chips and salsa are kind of on the other but then they kind of eat it like making individual bites is this the thing you described as cold taco salad no but no. my spouse does that too okay i can't uh, they, I, knew, they, I knew you said that they put interesting things in bowls that i i wouldn't think to do but um, oh Anyway, I mean, there were um, there were a bunch of like bowl cookbooks that came out a couple of years, a few years ago, like that kind of interesting, like with acai berries and quinoa. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. Um, so yesterday, for instance, yesterday was Sunday. So I pretty much never feel like cooking a hot lunch. I will occasionally do it. But yesterday I realized um, I had bought like a big clamshell of baby spinach for some recipe mm-hmm. I was doing last week. And I do really love spinach sauteed with a lot of sliced garlic. Yeah. And so I took like half of this this clamshell, like the 10 ounce clamshell, like the big one. And um, I sauteed two large cloves of garlic that I had sliced, uh, sauteed in olive oil, and then added the spinach. And so it was very garlicky, so good. And I had a big bowl of that. And then on the side, I had a plate of cheese and crackers. Yes. So I made, okay. I, I don't know how, how I decided how much cheese relative to cracker, but I, I mean, do, you probably used a slide rule or calipers. I do slice the cheese like on a cutting board, like not at the table. Interestingly yes, me enough. too. Like yeah. I don't take the whole wedge of cheese to the table with me unless it's like a soft cheese. Yeah, that makes sense. I so, don't eat a yeah, lot of I, soft cheese. I, I guess, I, I don't know why, because I do like it every time I eat it, but like I sort of forget it's in the fridge and it's more perishable than hard it cheese. Is. The, the perishability kind of makes it a bit of a bummer because you can't just, part of the joy of cheese and crackers is that it's always there waiting for you. Exactly. It takes a long time for hard cheeses to go bad. Yep. A very long time because you can just scrape the mold off the outside for a while. Yeah, I mean, especially if you have a cheese cave. Especially if you have a cheese cave, which of course Matthew and I do. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a there's a frog, tree frog living in my cheese cake. <laughs> and bats. Anyway, God, what was I even saying? Oh, yeah. So I cut a few slices off of this wedge of um, of double cream gouda and took, I don't know, like most of a sheet of matzah and broke it into smaller pieces and took that to the table with my pile of garlicky sautéed spinach. And it was is this, so delightful. Is this how you celebrate Passover? Because it's the same way I do that, like, <laughs> suddenly you just f- find that there's matzah around the house. You know, I have been delighted over the course of my adulthood to find that mainstream grocery stores, at least in my town and in my neighborhood, now have matzah year round. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I I just only think about it at Passover time. No, I think about it 
pretty much any time we run out of matzah because I like having it around all the time for cheese and crackers. Yeah, and I'm not surprised that June loves it. Like, I loved matzah as a kid. Like, I think it's, uh, you know, it, it's the form factor, partly, that, like, there aren't a lot of other foods. Like, you know, it's, it's like it's like Jewish papadums that, uh, you know, you get to, like, break off the size of piece you want. And, like, mm-hmm. you don't usually get to, like, mm-hmm. break your food, right? That's true. That's yeah. true. And it's fun. It is. I never really think of that, but it is. And, like, un- unlike other foods that you get to break, it's perforated. Oh, mine isn't perforated. It's not? No, I buy, I can't remember what brand I've been buying. Actually, I think I just have Manischewitz right now. But yeah, no, it's just a sheet. It's not perforated. Isn't it like docked though? I'm not actually talking about like perforations. It it is docked, but it doesn't necessarily break along the lines of docking. No, it doesn't. But but it looks cool. I'm really glad we got to the bottom of this. All right. So um, other things, other things we need to talk about. We need to talk about like, Packaged cheese and crackers, like handy I've, snacks, lunchables, and I've the never Keebler felt good sets. about this. I've never felt great about them. There was a time when, like, uh, the I, I think it might have been even like before they were Keebler branded, the ones that that were like just cheese flavored crackers that could that would have like cheese spread or peanut butter in between them. Yeah, uh, were a super popular snack at school. Absolutely, they were a. They seemed like a very prevalent thing when I was growing up the same way that like all the hostess like end cap products oh yeah were a big deal these would Snow be right caps, next to it end caps <laughs> <laughs> no but like uh you know right by the hostess end cap would be the display of all the crackers that were like pre-buttered or pre-peanut buttered oh right I know there's Hostess Snowballs. Is there a product called Hostess Snowcaps or or am I conflating two different no, things? No I think it's Snowballs. Okay all right yeah, there. So there was that kind that were they were like prepackaged, like as like little sandwiches, and then mm-hmm. there were like the handy snacks where they came with the little red stick, so you could like spread the cheese spread onto the crackers. And I learned recently that they discontinued the stick years ago. So how so do now, you spread it now? I think now you're supposed to like dip the crackers. Oh, did they make I them boot shaped like a chicken any. nugget? Because we know they that's them, the they best made them dipping shape. shape. Yeah. The thing that I noticed when I when I was looking these up, like I looked I looked to see if I could like throw some into my QFC order and it was like mail order only. So I'm like, no, I'm not mail ordering cheese and crackers. But uh, one of the varieties of handy snacks has Ritz crackers, but they're rectangular. Ritz crackers. Isn't that oh, shocking? That seems well that makes it more like do you remember Waverly crackers or club crackers? Oh yeah, it yeah. It was absolutely. like the same richness as a Ritz, but Ritz has cheese in it? No, no, Ritz Ritz has like I mean it has food dye in it to make right. it like yellowish. But... How is it different from like a, a Waverly or a Club Cracker? Wow, that's a good question. Is it, uh, I think we would have to shorter. taste them side by side. Yeah, it's it's like more a little more crumbly. Do you ever get the Townhouse crackers? I think that I think that is a good cheese cracker, but like pretty similar to like a White Ritz. I want to be like on the committee for naming crackers, like a Townhouse yes. cracker, Waverly, Ritz, Club. Like where Stoned do these things? Wheat thins. Where did these things come from? Chicken in a biscuit. <laughs> like okay, is that is that like the only fun cracker? Because none of the the other ones all scream like the opposite of fun. Right. Oh, really? I mean, what about like the the packaged like the tiny Ritz with peanut butter? That screams fun. But but I mean the name. Oh, chicken in a biscuit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Crackers like, otherwise Ritz, are very right. serious. Ritz bits is a fun name. Like that is a <laughs> that is really fun. Uh, do you think that after cheese and crackers sort of passed from utility as a slang term for testicles, that then uh-huh. they started using Ritz bits? <laughs> 
Oh, God, I hope so. Like, I really feel it in my Ritz bits. Because <laughs> yeah. oh, that's God, like a common, a common expression that people I got, say. I got need in the Ritz bits. Oh, and the, <laughs> like if the, the peanut butter oozed out. Um, <laughs> that's how that works. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. Um, uh, okay, Matthew, wait here. I, I have an important question. Yes. So when you're eating cheese and crackers, let's say that you've got, you know, your perfect wheat thin sized piece of cheese and then you've got your wheat thin. Do you eat it with the cheese on top or do you flip it over so that it the cheese is down on your tongue? That's a great question, Dan Pashman. I Hi, Dan Pashman. <laughs> I, it sounded like I just said hi, Dan Lashman. <laughs> but I really said hi, Dan Pashman. It is the sort of thing he would ask. Um, and I, I wrote this question, to be fair. I will kind of not alternate. Like, mostly I want the cracker on the bottom. But then after, like, maybe three of those, I'll, like, switch it up flip it over and like get the cheese on the tongue. How about you? I think mostly I do the the cracker on the bottom. But even as I'm doing it, I think to myself, it would be better the other way. Like it yeah. would be cheesier the other way. Like how if you're I, eating like nigiri or something, would yes. you put the fish side down on your tongue? I would, yeah. Well, yeah. do I always do it that way? I don't always do Because sometimes I want to feel, but... feel the rice kind of come apart against my tongue. Well, and sometimes too, if you... Flip it over, um, the fish starts to detach from the rice, and then you kind of have this like floppy, like tongue of fish hanging down that you're trying to get into your mouth with the rice. <laughs> I'm so fun to eat sushi with. Yeah. So okay, I guess we answered that question. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. This this episode was your idea, right? I think it was. Yeah. Okay. I said it was. I'm, I'm changing my my story now. Anything else? <laughs> yeah, you can like. I, I'm wondering, like, if I'm ever gonna fly on a plane again, and like, if I do, I'm gonna get the the cheese and cracker box, like, unless everything's changed. <laughs> that was on Alaska Airlines or American, I think. Yes. Yeah, it was on like Alaska affiliates or American affiliates. Well, like on Alaska, you could get like Tillamook cheese, I think, right? Yes, and they had like Seattle, like some sort of Seattle brand of chocolatier, or at least had the word Seattle yeah. in it. I always would buy the cheese and cracker thing, the cheese and fruit or whatever it was called on on airplanes. Because number one, it was the only thing that was like affordable and and like guaranteeably tasty. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And like, you know, because because like, you know, flying on a plane is sort of like the equivalent of being a high seas explorer mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Of, of our day. Like it, it uh, it's really like a throwback to that time. <laughs> well, so if you're on a plane... What kind of sailor are you? Are you an immigrant, oh. a whaler, or an explorer? Like, what would a, what would a, like an, an airborne whaler be? <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe you're just flying to Alaska to meet up with the boat. Maybe you're just flying up to Alaska to meet up with the boat and just do some whaling again, <laughs> like like high seas exploration and conquest, whaling. Like these are these are just uncomplicated things that we're all into. We're so into them. We yeah. this show is basically just one big love song to whaling to whale song. It's a big uh -huh. whale song to whaling. Speaking of which, when I was when I was looking up the uh, cute animal of the of the week uh, oh, this week, good. I came across a video of like seven. 75 orcas eating a blue whale. That's not the cute animal of the week, but it was pretty <laughs> impressive. I gotta say. Well, will you send it to me? Because I'm, <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm very interested. Hold on. I need to pull up the, the cute animal of the week so I can see it. Okay, here we go. 
All right. So this is the Baluchistan Pygmy Jerboa, and it is tied for the world's smallest rodent. Do I remember <gasps> what it's tied with? No. But it's like a mouse that <gasps> that's sort of just like a head on legs with a long oh tail. Oh, my God. It doesn't seem real, but it is oh real. Oh, God. It's so cute. And it is the only species in the genus Salpingotulus. Where does it live? Mm, Aside I'm gonna from my heart. I'm going to say where is Baluchistan? Mm, I'm going to say it's in uh, Pakistan. <gasps> oh, God. It just fell off the platform it was on. Oh. Oh. Oh, um, oh it's cleaning its tail or possibly cannibalizing itself. Oh, God. I this, really can't tell. It's brushing its teeth with its tail. This little ro- Yes. This little rodent species has been recorded from Pakistan and may occur in Afghanistan. It frequents sand dunes, gravel flats, and plains in hot deserts. It frequents them. <sighs> wow. Isn't that something? Like, the thing is, we're never going to run out of animals we've never heard of that are cute. Isn't that great? Oh, my God. Kind of. It is so cute. I wonder if we have any listeners from Pakistan who or Afghanistan who have seen one in person. Yeah, I think think they're also kept as pets in other places, but I'm not sure. Like, I mean, of course, the downside is like, like we learned that like a majority of these cute animals are endangered. This one, I'm not sure. Oh, my God. It's so cute. It weighs 3.2 grams. Yes. Yes. Isn't that amazing? 3.2 grams. Like that on my scale. I don't even know if that would register. It would register on my coffee scale. Yeah. Like I do have a little like jeweler scale that I use for measuring like fancy tea and stuff. Oh, God. It's so cute. It's about to fall off the scale again. I'm going to watch it again. Matthew, okay. I'm sorry. The show ends here, and I... Oh, God, it just fell off the scale. <laughs> Did you see that? Is there in your sidebar a little video recommendation for a video called Owl, a funny owls and cute owls compilation? No, but it sounds good. Hang on. It's from MZ Mashup Zone. Oh, God, it's got a lot of really cute owls, Matthew. There's also a video of uh, the uh, uh, a um, jerboa at night, like hunting. Wait, you mean they're um, they're predators? Oh yeah, they're predators. What do they eat? I'm gonna say bugs, probably bugs. Oh my god, Uh, the Baluchistan pygmy jerboa, I think, is my favorite yet. Oh, I'm so glad. I cannot wait to share this with my my rodent loving spouse. All right, wait, just wait till next week when you see um, uh, 75 orcas eating a blue whale. Okay, ready? All right, it's time for Spilled Mail. Yes, here we go. This is from Listener Mary, who writes, As we know, Molly's father is an endive man. He's also the inventor of Altoids. Thank you for listening so closely. God, thank you, Listener Mary. Molly and Matthew, what are you the men of? And what foods did you invent? (laughs) Uh, I, for one, this is still Miss Listener Mary talking, okay. would like you to know that I'm a vinegar man. My favorite breakfast lately is a big old sour bowl of cold noodles mixed with shichimi, mensu, and rice vinegar, topped with a soft-boiled egg. Definitely not doing my stomach lining any favors, but that's the sacrifice I got to make as a vinegar man. Oh, Listener Mary. Oh, my God. I love this Listener Mail. Yeah, I do, too. <sighs> and, it's nice, uh, nice to meet you, vinegar man. I think my answer is going to be kind of boring and obvious, but okay. uh, I'm a noodle man. If I don't know what to make for dinner, like I'm going to make some kind of noodles. You know, within the next couple of days, I'm going to be making uh, Dan Dan noodles and also yakisoba. And probably there's going to be some leftover noodles for something else. And what food did I invent as a middle-aged white guy? I have not invented any foods, but I will appropriate other people's foods and claim that I invented them. Ah, that sounds right. 
Let's see here. God, I'm having a hard time figuring out what kind of man I am. Yeah. You know, I think that there was a time when, you know, when I was blogging, I I would have been a banana bread man. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I posted so many banana bread recipes. I think I've also been a granola man in my lifetime. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I'm still kind of a granola man, or maybe I'm just the inventor of granola. I mean, obviously, no one thought about it before I did. Um, no, you were you were um, exploring Mount Rainier. I and was, you, and you put into your satchel. Um, I oats. was an unproblematic land explorer. You were, yep, yeah, a, a, a UPL. Nope, that's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, what is that? I, I don't know, but it's not it's not the initials of unproblematic land explorer. I don't know why it came to mind. <laughs> oh wait, U U L E. I was a Yule. You were a Yule. I and that's why, that's why you came back with a log. Greetings. A Yule log. <laughs> that's the kind of land explorer I like. One yeah, who brings Yule, you Yule back log. a Yule log with chocolate frosting. Yep. Uh, Yule log was, uh, was a common uh, euphemism in, in uh, England in the early 2000s. Cheese <laughs> <laughs> ah, and crackers, Matthew. Cheese and crackers. Uh, all right. Okay. And um, finally... Now it's time for Now But Wow, which is the segment where we talk about something we're into this week. You know, I know that lately I've been talking a lot about library books that aren't necessarily new books, but they're new to me because it took so long to get them through the library. You know? Totally okay. Um, anyway, I picked up a library book last Friday and plowed through it this weekend. It is Good Talk by Mira Jacob. Came out, I think, in 2019, maybe early 2020. God, I'm not sure. But anyway, it is a um, it's a graphic memoir written in conversations. So okay. yeah, pretty much, you know, the whole thing is is dialogue, which makes sense because it's it's graphic, right? So it's it's done with illustrations and. And it is, gosh, it deals broadly with like American identity, interracial like families. It's so funny. It is extremely funny. I had no idea how funny it was going to be. Anyway, good talk by Mira Jacob. All right, as usual, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a hold on it right now. I started reading um, um, Minor Feelings. Just came in at, at the library, which you had recommended a few weeks ago. It's so good. It's so good, right? Yeah, by yeah. Kathy Park Hong. Yep. I am going to recommend cooking classes from friend of the show, Sunoko Sakai, who is uh, a uh, teacher and cookbook author, and she has been doing online cooking classes on a variety of topics. She wrote a wonderful book about Japanese home cooking, but uh, wife of the show, Lori, and teenager of the show, December, uh, by the time you hear this, will have just taken uh, a class that she's teaching on homemade cream puffs uh, featuring uh, her sister, Fuyuko, and uh, you can sign up for her classes at sunokosakai.com. That's S-O-N-O. O-K-O Sakai, S-A-K-A-I dot com slash workshops. Cool. Thanks, Matthew. All right. So here we are. We've reached the end of another show. And um, Matthew, you know, it's going to be lunchtime soon. Are you going to have cheese and crackers? I think I need to check how many big wheat thins are left in the big wheat thins box. We're, We're picking up a grocery order today after lunch, which might have more crackers in it. Should I go into more detail on kind of kind of the like what's what's flowing in and out like grocery order wise? <laughs> Please. I'm I've got all day. 
Yeah, th- this wasn't a rhetorical question, right? You wanted you wanted like no. all the deets. So, um, yes, thank maybe so, I don't know. So anyway, um, I might, although I have some leftover yakisoba. Speaking of, oh, of being nice. a noodle man, um, I have some leftover yakisoba from last night. Oh, that, that reheats really well. Oh, I'm so excited. Anyway, you can tell us what kind of man you are. Or yes. you can also and, tell and us. We mean this as a totally non-gendered term, right? We we do, we do. Yeah. Um, we, you can tell us what kind of person you are. Yeah. Um, and you can also tell us what your current preferred cheese and cracker combo is at our yeah. Reddit and. Tell them what the address is, Matthew. Reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. If you want to send us listener mail, you can do that uh, at contact at spilled milk podcast.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, as always, our producer is the long suffering Abby Circatella. Anything else? And we've got a live show coming up live online on Zoom on Thursday, May 13th at 6 p.m. Pacific. Yep, you can get tickets by going to our website, SpilledMilkPodcast.com. I'll pop a link up at the top there. And this is going to be a lightning round show where we do uh, very quick episodes one after another based on topics that you send in. And if you have an idea for a topic for that lightning round show, send it to topics at SpilledMilkPodcast.com. And uh, producer Abby will put the topics into a hat and pull them out during the show. It's going to be terrifying and fun. Yes. My cheese and crackers are are shaking at the thought. Oh, good. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, Thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, the show that's mincing oats. I mean, oaths left and right. (laughs) They're mincing oats left and right because we're making a porridge. I'm Matthew Amster Burton. I'm Molly Weisenberg. I'm Matthew. No, and I'm that Ma- sounded terrible. Oh, <laughs> I did a weird voice. Like I, <laughs> I'm Matthew. <laughs> I'm Matthew. <laughs> no, nope, now it's gonna sound <laughs> like I jinxed myself. Now it's gonna come out sounding ridiculous, no matter how I do it. Okay. I'm Matthew. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a good outtake. Okay. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.